Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast, coming to you in association with FNB Channel Islands every Monday for the rest of this extended local season. Today we'll reflect on another big weekend at the top of the Prio League. Is it Advantage Saints in the title race after their one-all draw at Leaders Rovers? I'm Tony Kerr and with me today I've got Press Sports Editor Rob Batiste. How do? Deputy Sports Editor Gareth Prevo. Hi Tony. I'm delighted to say we're also joined by a man who's as comfortable on the ball as he is on the mic, Guernsey's leading crooning footballer, or should that be footballing crooner, Rovers and Guernsey defender Tom Strawbridge. Morning, Tony. Tom, great to have you here. How's the uh, the body faring up then after a couple of uh, very big games at the top of the table for your side in the last week? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a tough, tough 10 days, two weeks, really, um, getting back used to playing um, 90 minutes of football. Um but yeah, uh, slowly starting to get back into it in terms of um, of, of recovery, etc. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough couple of weeks. Well, let's just quickly recap this weekend's results in the Prio. Then there was a one nil win for Sylvans up in Alderney. The home side ending the game there with nine men. Uh, Bells beat Manza one nil. Gareth was at that one, so we'll hear a bit more about that shortly. Uh, North two one winners against Rangers, and as I mentioned, it finished one one between Rovers and St Martins in the big one at Port Swath. Uh, so this is how it leaves things at the top of the table. Rovers still at lead on 37 points. Saints still, of course, four points behind them and having played three games less. Uh, Sylvans uh, a level with Saints on 33 points uh, with one game in hand on the leaders. And Bells are now 13 points off the top with three in hand. Uh, Tom, let's start with uh, Saturday's game then. Uh, what was your take on it? Fair result? Um, yeah, I think po- possibly we may have edged it um, uh, on balance, but I think um, it was it was a fairly cagey affair first half. Both both teams looking not to make mistakes, um, you know, certainly not lo- looking to concede, looking to keep things tight. Um, and then second half, you know, when both teams it was clear um, that both teams wanted the three points. I think we probably pushed a bit more for the three points, which opened up the game. Um, you know, it, it could have potentially gone either way with the, with the game so open in the second half. But um, yeah, you know, overall, I would I'd say we probably edged it. But, but you know, Saints are a, Saints are a really solid team, and, and you know, they've, they've got some quality all over the park, really. Yeah, and Rob, it was a bit of a sort of slowish start, obviously in, in typically blustery conditions down at, at Portsmouth, but it really got going, and uh, towards the end, it was pretty open end to end stuff. Yeah, I think the first ten minutes, Saints were all over Rose, and. Um, I thought it might be a long afternoon for the home side, but they came into it pretty well. And by the end of the first half, I thought they were they, the midfield was um, in control. I was enjoying really enjoying the battle, midfield battle between Ben Coulter, Ben Coulter and Frank Tobin. I thought it was the best performance I've seen Frank play for Rovers. I thought he really sort of rose to the occasion and um, gave Ben a, a tough time, and he scored a very good goal as well. And I also enjoyed the um, the battle up front between. Dom and Straubs here. Um, I gather they were out on dinner on Friday, but kicking lumps out of one another for 90 minutes on Saturday. And I loved the little asides between the two of them as they clashed and then Dom would pull away and smile in your direction. And you didn't sort of rise to the bait at all. Well, occasionally. I, there was one point where... Um he, he took, sort of turned around to me and said, "Oh, we got into a foot race there. That must have been. That must have looked like we we're running in quicksand." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, a good tussle. Of course, Dom uh, Dom got his goal. It headed one off uh, off the bar <laughs> when he probably should have finished first time. Um, but yeah, w- w- when you look at the the balance of play there, as you say, uh, you thought you, you probably edged it. You know, given the number of goals, particularly that Rovers scored towards the, the front end of the season, kind of pretty free scoring um, start to things. 
disappointed that going forward you guys haven't uh, haven't been able to, to to make too much of a difference in those last two games yeah I mean last week more so um you know we had we had multiple really good opportunities against Sylvans to, to sort of put the game to bed uh, and, and didn't take them um that was that was frustrating um you know Saturdays I would say was probably there was less clear-cut chances but you know I think we still did enough to you know to, to create you know Blair had one though, straight down the middle. He could have potentially popped that away. Uh, Grundy had a, a header at the far post. There were enough chances to get one or two more, and um, you know it, it is disappointing. But also, you know, it it sort of happens. It's you know, it's it's not that we're not creating. You know, we're creating opportunities. We're we're playing well. We we we're driving, driving the game forward. Um, and you know, we will at some point. I'm sure we'll we'll get an early goal in the game, which which is probably more key for us. Get an early goal in the game, we'll go on to score three or four more. I mentioned before that um, Frank had a cracking game in midfield but I also thought um, Ben the Tock that was probably the best game I've seen him play for at this level I mean he's a player that sort of frustrated me because I thought looking on there is a very very talented footballer in there and last year he seemed to doze off on occasion and wasn't quite um, performing as well as he could but this year he seems to have really kicked on and on Saturday he, he came very close to scoring an absolutely stupendous goal when he broke from the edge of his own area, beat two or three men, went on and on and on, and then the ultimate blast over the bar. <laughs> We've all what, been there. But, I mean, how do you feel about Ben's game in general? He, he's, a, he's a hugely, and has been for a couple of years, as you say, a hugely talented, naturally gifted footballer, I would say. His character is quite relaxed. Um, which sometimes um, I think he probably needs to intensify a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it, you know, he's got a great ping. Um, he reads the game very well, you know, natural balance being a left footer at the left side of centre-half, you know. And uh, yeah, since lockdown, um, he has really, really matured and, and seems to actually now, um, you know, be, abs- be absorbing, absorbing information, learning this game, you know, putting all those individual technical qualities together to become a, to become a really good centre-half. And I think his, his, his future is good if he keeps going the way he's going. We'll talk about GFC later, but is he a sort of player with his because he's natural left-footed and there aren't we aren't blessed with a lot of left-footed players in def, from the defensive side of things. Do you think he's a player that could possibly go on and uh, and get involved at that level? I think he's got the technical ability. Um, I, you know, I haven't had a conversation with him about whether he's got the drive and enthusiasm to do that. Um, and you know, he just needs to continue to learn um, to be able to step up to that level. But um, yeah, he's definitely got the ability to, to do it if he wants to. Yeah, as we say, uh, a draw against Sir Martins on Saturday, a, a draw against Sylvans last week. Obviously, the, the the three sides in the hunt for the title. What's your view, having uh, yeah, having had a couple of days to reflect on on Saturday's result? What's your view on 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 where the title race sits at the moment? Uh, I, I, I think we were having a few conversations in the clubhouse after the game on Saturday, and, and most most were of the conclusion that we'd rather be in, in Saints' position at the moment, um, with with the, the games in hand, uh, you know, and the points difference not not huge. That said, you know, being four, four points can can be a lot of points in this situation, and there's still, you know, at the end of the day, they've got to go and get those points. We we've got them under the belt, so yeah, I, I think I'd ra- I'd rather be in their position if you if you were um, going to ask me bluntly, but um, ultimately. Uh, they've still got some tough games, you know, as have everyone in, in the league. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, I still think it's going to be pretty close towards the end. And one of those games comes against Bells next on Friday night. Uh, Gareth, let's just touch on on their win on uh, the weekend. Obviously, some way back, you know, not, not strictly speaking, maybe a team we're going to be considering as part of the title race right now, but a team that could cause a few problems and yeah, a, a, a result they deserved on Saturday. 
Uh, I think so, just about, yeah. Um, they're definitely, when you look at their side on paper, they, they're definitely going to have a say in the title race, I think. I mean, they won't end up <laughs> coming out on top of it. They'll look for a WeWay Cup um, spot. But there's definitely enough ability there to cause a few difficulties for those above them. Um, Saturday, they did look very rusty. They hadn't played since mid-January. Um, it was typical Prio League, very frenetic when it didn't really need to be, especially on the track. I mean, the track's a big pitch. And when they did decide to slow it down, they actually played some decent football. I mean, you've got sort of Charlton Govine, Zico, uh, Joey Bourguez. When, when they slowed it down for a little period in the first half, they knocked it around really well. And then... For some reason, they went back to looking for sort of impossible balls when they weren't on. But um, no, I think they did just about deserve the results. Um, I, I must say, I thought Steve Renner took his goal really well, considering basically about two minutes earlier, he had a very similar chance, hit it straight at Richard Davey when he probably could have picked a spot either side of the keeper. Um, next time round, he actually had longer to think about it and managed to put it straight through his legs. But it was a very sort of deliberate finish. Um, they were under a bit of pressure at the end. Mans are obviously pushed when there's only one goal in it. Uh, you're always likely to have a few nerves towards the end, but um, I think Bells were delighted just to hang on and get that three points. Any players stand out for you on Saturday? It was good to see Wayne Bishop back. Um, he was he was a bit hit and miss, but he he just drives them forward. He always looks to take on a defender, and I quite like that in him. Um, I thought Joby had a, another good game in central midfield. He, he set up the goal. Um, there was a couple of others who, who did well. I, I thought the centre-back pairing, actually, um, it's like the enforcer with um, Damo Latoc and uh, Brent Markon was just sort of composed throughout. He never looks flustered, uh, Brent. And um, so they did all right. Um, funnily enough, for uh, Manza, their centre-back partnership actually looked pretty solid throughout with Mark Rioi and um, Luke Godion. They, they weren't really unduly troubled. Um, but, yeah, Manza were perhaps lacking just something in the final third. I, I thought Marlon Jardim actually was pretty slow in the first half. He, he, he didn't really look up for it in the first half, and then something must have just flicked in the second half because he became a totally different player. Um, and he perhaps should have scored one. He tried to curl one in the bottom corner and just um, he, he overdid it and hit it straight at the keeper. But uh, they, they could also cause um, a few upsets along the way in the rest of the season as well. Yeah, and Tom, we've obviously spoken on the podcast, uh, you know, a bit about what well, there's been a lot of focus, obviously, on Rovers, Silvers, and Saints, you know, at the sharp end of things. But when you look at the other teams in the league this year, are, are there are there sides that that you'll be slightly more wary of coming into this run in and, and that have impressed you? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> looking back at that, you know, there's teams that have caused us difficulties, and we've we've dropped points, um, you, you know, where we we would hope not to generally, um, you know, Manza. Uh, Manzo, of course, has problems. We, we dropped points against Bells. Um, you know, the, the season is tight. I mean, you just look at the results over the weekend. You know, no teams really ran away with any, any of the games. And, um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think that makes for, you know, compelling viewing for the neutral. Um, but it's also really, really exciting and, and um, uh, you know, great to be a part of as a player as well, yeah. Yeah, and I know not all of the Guernsey FC players have... have- uh, have sort of picked up the, the Premier League mantle this year. Um, but But for you... Clearly, very committed to the to the Ravers side, committed to the the, the season. Uh, how, how big has it been for you to have this kind of competitive, kind of pre-O title race to get stuck into? Yeah, uh, we're, we're we're obviously in a, a massively fortunate position, despite you know the second lockdown, um, you know, a month or two back. Um, you know, it's very fortunate that we've been able to get pretty much a full, albeit slightly interrupted, season under our belt. Um, you know, you. 
on a GFC front, whether that gives us any advantage, the fact that the, the boys have, have continued to take over or the majority of the boys have continued to take over and get regular football in, competitive football in, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, it, it, is, it is good to be a part of a, a strong competitive league, yeah, for sure. Um, I'd like to know, after a season away with GFC, where you don't, played very well, obviously, um, how do you feel Rovers have progressed in the time you were away? Because you obviously were involved previously. Um, how do you see the side now? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a, it's a. If you just have to look at some of the players that aren't making the squad, um, you know, we, we left out, um, you know, Dale Webb for example for the Sylvans game, and he's been an absolute shoe in for, um, you know, for the last three three years certainly in the squad. Um, you know, it, it's it's a strong group, um, and the fact that you know a, a lot of it is homegrown uh, development is 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 really enjoyable to be part of, um, and 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 long may it continue. Um, the, the the clubs in the clubs in a great place and and you know having had difficulties for for a long time um it's it's good to to see that the fact that the investment the time not only the, the, you know cash wise but the time uh, is really starting to pay dividends for 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 a really good well run club um, you've sampled a lot of domestic and Guernsey FC action and there's obviously clearly a big difference in the standards but how do you view the relationship priority between the Green Lions and Prio. I think I, th- I think they can tie into each other. That's that's the reality. Um, you know, you're, you're always going to have your core Guernsey FC players that I think are, that are committed to that and will get very very limited or opportunity to play any Prio football. I think we as a as a, f- a footballing island need to accept that. Um, but there will be also players that are not quite. Um, making a, a regular appearance for GFC that, that will need to get Prio football. Um, you know, and I I think the clubs that have not taken advantage of that, but have embraced that, that have actually, you know, w- welcomed some of those GSC players, you know, to improve their own squads, but also to, you know, to develop some of the younger players that that, that will get opportunities when those GFC players aren't there uh, is, is is a key part of, of the whole project. Um, you know, I, I, I do get frustrated when it's a, it, becomes, it becomes a case of, of them and us. Uh, you know, I think everyone needs to work together. All clubs need to work together and... and yeah, GFC's part of that as well. Um, how big a decision was it for you to get back involved with GFC, having had a spell away? Yeah, I, you know, there's a few contributing factors. It was, uh, you know, that it, I was struggling with uh, regular injuries before that, um, you know, and yeah, for, to play for GFC, you know, it's it's hard. you need to be you need to be fit, you need to be comfortable that you can go there and do it, um, and. Yeah, it was it, it was a fairly once I'd had a, a sustained period without any you know niggly injuries, and I, f- I felt that I was I was able to contribute at least. It, it, the decision actually wasn't that hard. Um, you know, there's a lot of balance to be done um, in terms of family, work, um, and other commitments. But um, you know, if you just isolate it as a footballing decision, it's it's not a hard one to make. Going back to your um, battle with your old mate um, Dom the other day, I'd be intrigued to know who which local forward you find the greatest difficulty playing against? Because there's a, we talk about, we've, um, we've talked with Chris Tardiff about, you know, who would perhaps lead the line and get, um, you know, Maratti if we ever had one again. And um, obviously Ross is probably not quite the, the number nine as he may well have been in the past. He's more a 10 and a floating player. So that leaves the people like Sam Murray, Finn Whitmore, Carl Smith, etc. Is there a, all oh, Dom Young, of course, um, how do you view that sort of number nine role? Who who don't you like playing against? They, they all present sort of a different challenge, I would say. Do, you know, Dom, you know, aerially is 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 
is really tricky to play against. He'll he'll win a lot of ball uh, in the air and, and and you know phases of play can develop from that quite easily. Um, you know, Carl Smith, I would say, is a, is, is a challenge to play against because not only is he he's, he's strong um, aerially, but also he's he's got a, a, a you know a really good first touch. His hold up play is good. Um, yeah, so it, it slightly a, a rounder game, I'd say, and he's 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 always a challenge to play. You know, same with Muzzer. You know, you're always going to have a good physical battle um, with Muzzer, and um, you know, it's very very enjoyable to be part of. I would say if Charlton was obviously playing as a high number nine, he would be incredibly challenging to play against. But he seems to be playing a little bit deeper at the moment. Um, yeah, it's uh, those those bigger physical players uh, probably create the, the the biggest challenge, I would say. And Finn. You yeah, play, well, play with him, of course. Do you often think, hmm, I'm glad I'm on his side rather than against him? Yeah, obviously get a chance to play against him in training and uh, I've come to the conclusion a few occasions that the best way of stopping him is fouling him. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, and I think that's that's pr- probably a compliment. Uh, you know, the, the other player that, that I really do that with would be Alex Scott in G- with GFC. I was like, yeah, the only chance I've got of stopping this bloke is to k- give him a little kick. So, um yeah, Finn's 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 a good player. Um, you know, he's still getting back into it. I think after lockdown, but um, again, a, a bit like Carl Smith. He, not only has he got that real strong aerial ability, but he's he's got a really good touch and he's a powerful driver of the ball. Once once he gets going, he's he's really hard to stop. And he's very unpredictable. Yeah, uh, which is a good thing in some ways, but it's it's a challenge in others for those playing around him and trying to work, trying to uh, you know build a, a phase of play. But yeah, I mean that that unpredictability probably um, gives more benefits than it than it does uh, downfalls. So who would you pick at number nine against Jersey? Uh, that, yeah, that's a really tough one. <laughs> I'm going to go biased, un- unashamedly, and say Finn. <laughs> well done, well done. We've got an answer out of him, well done. You mentioned Alex Scott there. Uh, we've talked to a lot about him in the last few weeks. Obviously, uh, the the rapid progress he's made just in terms of you know, representation, getting into the, the Bristol first team squad, the contract, and then playing for England under-18s. What have you made of, of the progress he's made and what was it like to, to train with him uh, a few months ago? Uh, it's Yeah, I mean, it's just fantastic to see. Um, you know, I, I think the... the um, the progress he's made in such a short amount of time, you know, not not just since he's been away, but you know, in the build-up to that for for, for GFC, um, you know, I remember a, a game away against, I think it was Haywards Heath, where he he got possibly his first start, um, and and you know, the, the, the opposition were all or majority over six foot, over ninety kilos, trying to kick lumps out of him, and and, and he was just gliding. The way he just was travelling with the ball, gliding gliding through challenges, and, and you know, coupled with the fact he's got a decent strike on him and a decent head on his shoulders, he's it's just um, yeah, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see where he goes from it. But it's 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 been a good start for him, that's for sure. Yeah, perhaps we'll just look to the future a bit in a moment. I want to give a mention to one young side for their performance this weekend. Uh, Valrec under 18s uh, went into the weekend having lost all 10 games they'd played so far this season, uh, but they got their first win on Good Friday, beating St Martins 2 1. So, uh, congratulations to them. Uh, North runaway leaders in the Ravenscroft under 18 division uh, this season. They've won nine from nine, Sylvan sitting second. Uh, in that one yeah Tom what's your take on the the way things are shaping up in terms of the next generation of Guernsey football and you, you've seen quite a lot and I know um, that, that Big Fowler's been getting some of the under 18s involved in in GFC training um, yeah are you, uh, are you encouraged by the direction things are moving in yeah definitely um, you know some of those um, you know whilst we we haven't had a season of, of Guernsey FC football we've we've trained pretty regularly uh, and and involved the under 18s in that and and that's been really enjoyable, um, you know, and actually some of my favourite training sessions of the season have, have, have 
been getting competitive with the under 18s it keeps it you know it keeps it fresh they as a as an older player they they keep you on your toes but also you know that that group in particular um is, is the one i've sort of had the most exposure to that their willingness to their willingness to learn their willingness to listen um you know there doesn't seem to be many chips on shoulders which at that age can be you know, can be a challenge but uh, you know I, I think that group looks strong I, yeah I, on a more general basis i, I hope we're not losing old-fashioned centre-offs. Um, I don't see a huge amount coming through. That that concerns me a little bit. And also, goalkeepers, I think, are now um, required to be, you know, b because we look at the Premier League as the benchmark, you know, they're required to be footballers. When, again, there's there's still a place in the game for a, a, a proper goalkeeper, a, you know, a good old-fashioned goalkeeper who, yeah, OK, might not be the best footballer, but, um, you know, still does the job with the gloves. How do we sort of remedy that then in terms of particularly uh, you know the centre-back side of things is it just an unfashionable kind of position for young for youngsters to want to to want to play and get their kind of uh, elbows and knees dirty yeah I mean the the simple answer is to turn off the TV and, and, <laughs> and go and play uh, I think you know the reality is you look at the centre-offs in the Premier League and they're all they're all potentially could be midfielders you know they're, they're all players that, that like to get the ball down you know we've all had to develop that you know the old-fashioned centre-halves have, have still had to do that but you know I actually you know I, I just the, the the difference between us and them is obviously huge and you know if you look at the GFE, GFC level you know out and out centre-halves are you know a key part to every team in that in that division a key part to the foundation yet yeah, they might not be the best ball players but you know if we're looking at the future of Guernsey football, we still need to be producing, producing those footballers. Well, it seems like there could be, uh, with the season out for GFC, um, it could be a reasonable sort of transition period uh, in terms of uh, you know, some players, some of the older heads moving on and, and uh, you know, a, a bulk of younger players coming through to kind of fill, fill that gap. Um, do you think you'll come out the other side of this with the, the same level of motivation to, to turn out for GFC? Yeah, I, I mean, who knows when that will be? Hopefully, it's, it's next season. At, at this moment in time, yeah, I definitely want want to go back and, and play GFC and you know help. Hopefully, help that that next group of players coming through. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that most of the boys are, are be of the same opinion. We we may lose a couple, and, and circumstances have changed. And regardless of whether we do or don't, we still need to bring that next crop through. Um, and you know, it, it may be that we need to take a step back in order to take a, step, a couple of steps forward further down the line. Jersey Bulls are now involved, obviously, in the Nash, in the UK League pyramid, um, even though, albeit at a, a lower level still. Um, but that may well um, cause a situation in club football, Channel Island club football, that we might get a little bit nearer them in, in, in the coming years, because we've got a pretty dreadful record in the last decade at a club level, you know, in, as far as Jeremy Cups and Weeways, etc. It's been Jersey, Jersey, Jersey all the way. Um, what do you think we need to do to bridge the, the what is clear gap between Jersey and Guernsey club football? Because it seems to me they are slightly more, they seem to be slightly more organised than us. Um, even even disregarding the GFC situation. Yeah, I mean that's the I think I think that is the key. It's it's hard to disregard the GFC situation because I think that is the, the driving factor. I would argue that we're in front, you know, or we have been in front of them for some time. Um, which, well, on the one hand, yeah, we've we may have fallen behind in club football because there was there was that um, initial phase where we, you know you take the the best eighteen players from the Premier League. That's going to have a detrimental impact to the to the local league. Um, I think we're now catching up, um, you know, and it was always going to be, I remember thinking at the time where, you know, I, I wonder how long it will take for us to get back to where 
where we were, you know, which was incredibly competitive in, uh, you know, in all formats um, locally. Um, so I, th I, th I think we're in, I think we have been in front, and unfortunately, the competitive between the two islands, um, it, it's been a symptom of, of of us progressing the top level of the game. Um, but I think the rest is now starting to catch up. Well, we're going to get a guarantee Jeremy Cup winner this season. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> First, First time, time in a decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one thing I'd like to ask you, mate, um, seeing as I don't know, if, are you still officially um, qualified as a referee? Because you have done some refereeing before, but um, I don't know if the qualification lapses. I did. Yeah. I did qualify as a referee about twelve or thirteen years ago. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, is that is that something you'd look to do once your playing career is over, or perhaps perhaps go the coaching route? I mean. Yeah, um, obviously, I've been for the last four or five years been coaching the under twenty ones with with Angus, um, which is thoroughly th enjoyable. But um, obviously, the time commitment to do that isn't isn't huge. Um, I don't know is the answer. I'd, I, I enjoy I enjoy coaching a lot, and I enjoy certainly coaching uh, groups that absorb and listen. Um, but I, I I do would I would like to give something back in terms of officiating and you know. I, I, I think that you know, for someone who who can be um, critical of officials, uh, it, <laughs> uh, it, it may be putting myself yeah, on a pedestal. I wasn't going to say that, but <laughs> you so, you have a way of talking to them because you've been one. I think <laughs> yeah, a bit more subtle in the way you approach them than some others are. <laughs> yeah, possibly. There's there's some there's there's some good officials out there. Too. I think Tony Saar had a great game on on, on Saturday. He did. He did. That was a, he did. He did very well. I was impressed by the way he just kept the play going and wasn't blowing for. A, very small infringements just you yeah. know it had to be a real clout for somebody to to be blown up as you say the the, the battle between ben and, and and frank was really enjoyable to watch i'm sure it was enjoyable for them to be part of but also for, for tony to allow it to develop the way it did i think was 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 key to the enjoyment of it which which is good well, well, that's just a, a battle from us for now. Let's just have a, a quick reminder of uh, this week's fixtures then. Uh, vale Rec hosts North on Wednesday night. As we mentioned before, St. Martins uh, hosts Bells on Friday. And then there's three games on Saturday. Uh, vale Rec welcome Alderney. Sylvans face Manza. Uh, could be an interesting one there. And it's top v bottom as Rovers face Rangers. Please hit follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes of the Guernsey Press Football Podcast straight to your device. Uh, do leave us a rating or review as well if you can. Uh, it all helps to spread the word. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode of the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Uh, for now, though, take care and we'll see you soon.